Welcome back to Trad Man, everybody. Jace, how you doing, brother? Pretty good. Welcome back, everybody. How you doing, Mark? Man, it's been a minute. I'm really excited we're doing this episode. This episode was Jason's idea, and it was a good one. Uh, we, we, we're going to talk about some interesting things that are going on with the podcast. And uh, But before we get going, let's say a quick prayer to the Holy Ghost and ask for um, the divine blessing to heal in Dallas with wisdom and uh, that we'll have an edifying and, and fruitful discussion this evening. In nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Vini Sancti Spiritus, reple tuora corda fidelium et tui amores in eis ignim accende. Imite Spiritum tuum et creabuntur. Et renovabis facem tere. Oremos. Deus qui corda fidelium Sancti Spiritus illustrazione docuisti. Da nobis in iorum Spiritu recta sapere et de eos semper consolazione gadere per Christum Dominum nostrum. Amen. In nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen. I got an opportunity to go to confession and mass this morning, uh, which was just, you know, <laughs> so I'm in the you know, zone, brother. So, yeah, would you go to the 630 mass? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, it's always, it's always like those are hard to get up to, but you never, it's kind of like they talk about like with a good workout, you never regret a good workout. Well, I could tell you, you never regret going to mass and having a good confession. Amen. And in fact, what was great is I, I right after I got out of mass, I went to the gym. So well, there you go, double whammy. By by eight a.m. <laughs> by eight a.m. I had prayed the 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 monastic office of Louds. I had said my rosary, gone to confession, gone to mass, and gotten a workout in. I'm living the dream, bro. Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. Uh, but, uh, so for the, if those of you who are listening to us, you may have noticed recently a little bit of a facelift um, to the pod, and Jason and I have been sort of. Um, collaborating in a lot of different ways. Jason, by the way, for those of you who are following us on social media, Jason puts all that he knows how to do the social media stuff. And I, that's, that's a mystery to me. I see. So, I see what you're doing, Mark. You've seen the content and you're like, I want to separate right. myself from all that's that. Right. So when we go, to, when we get put in YouTube jail, just so you know, it was all Jason. Um, you know, it, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, the, the show today is basically going to be about, uh, you mentioned in the beginning about revamping, giving a facelift and we're trying to create more of a presence. Um, but I created our, our Facebook page the other day. And all I did was set it up, but somehow I'm already in Facebook jail while they reviewed whether I'm abiding by the community guidelines. I'm like, all I did was put up our logo and put up a G.K. Uh, Chesterton quote, and all of a sudden it's under review. Yeah, no. And and what you're going to find is is if you are a, uh, a, a faithful Catholic, you are often not abiding by the community guidelines. So <laughs> that's just the price you're going to they. They crucified our Lord. They're gonna put you in YouTube jail. I think. I think we're gonna. I'll, I'll take that. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well. Let me let, let me add. Talking about our social media presence, we've also got a, a new website. It's it just basically went live. Uh, I believe last night. So you can go on there. It's not. There's not a whole lot to it at the moment. Um, you can go on the website. You can learn a little bit about us, about what our goals are with this podcast. You can. There's several different ways to contact us, and, and you can uh, pick I, up some merch. Yeah, we got a little bit of merchandise for links in the description, y'all. Links in the description. Um, one one thing I'm excited about the website is we're gonna write articles. 
you know, or, or we want to post articles to it. And those articles, our, our goal isn't just to limit limit the writing to me and Mark. Um, we, we already have uh, a friend of ours that's agreed to, to write, and, uh, you know, we're hoping to just basically have a lot of guests, authors, anybody that's interested, they just uh, drop yeah, us. Reach a, out. Reach yeah, out. reach out, and uh, we'll be more than happy to to uh, look at your article if, if, if you're interested. But I know that's kind of a, a longer-term goal, building up that data that database of, of articles. But but that's one of uh, one of my loftier goals for the website. Speaking of links in the description, there is one housekeeping issue I do want to take care of. The Priestly Fraternity of St. Peter is currently having their annual seminary um, uh, appeal. So if you have any room to donate uh, to the uh, Fraternitatis Sancti Petri, I would, I mean, I don't have to tell you guys, you guys know that that's a worthy endeavor and God will definitely reward you for your generosity. I'll post a link in the description so um, you can access that. And, and it's just a great, uh, you know, one of the things that we need to do during Lent, it's not just, it's not just prayer and fasting, it's almsgiving as well. And this is a great cause. They, they uh, from what the fraternity was telling me, uh, every $30,000 they raise, it, it gets a priest all the way through formation. So you know, I, I obviously you get, very few of us can donate thirty thousand dollars, but essentially every thirty thousand dollars buys a traditional Catholic priest. And how many years are, are you talking about there, Mark? What is I it? Think seven, eight I think years? it's seven years. Yeah, I think seven, seven years, years from okay. start to finish. And uh, so I'll post that link in the description. And uh, with that, let's kick right into our new logo um, and our, our uh, some of the new things we're changing when i i had the idea to start this podcast but actually the holy ghost I, I am convinced planted the idea in my head i never thought anybody would listen to this this was basically it was during covid and i wanted to rant about vatican ii and all the things that made me angry about the catholic church into the internet where no one would listen and no one would care and then people started to listen to us and we we started to do video that was actually also jason's idea we started to do video, um, and things have taken on a life that has let both me and Jason know that this is not our apost. This is not our podcast. This podcast belongs to God, and He wants to do something special with it. And that's why we we call it old school Catholicism for the new evangelization. Um, what what do you what, when you hear the new evangelization, Jason? What what does that mean to you? I'm just curious. Well, you know, the, the first thoughts that I have with when I hear the word or the phrase new evangelization is, of course, St. Pope John Paul II, because I guess he's the one that ultimately coined the, the phrase, at least how we under uh, how we understand it. And, you know, I, I, me and you had talked previously about it, and I'd kind of asked uh, what it meant to you. And I, I think I was kind of leaning along the same lines that you were, maybe not in the depth that you were thinking. But when I hear new evangelization, it's it's going out and talking to people that even though they may claim to be Christian or they may be a baptized Catholic, they may be a baptized Christian in another denomination, um, they don't always necessarily understand Jesus, understand their faith and what they believe. It's, it typically amounts to, in many cases, at least here in the United States, to a, to a feel-good type religion. And there is so much more to Jesus Christ and the, the Catholic faith than just 
you know, how, w w what you feel at any given moment. So as far as new evangelization, how do we go out into the world and not only bring Christ to those who reject him or who don't know him, but how do we bring those who, who claim to follow him into the fold? Yeah, I, mean, I think that's incredibly well stated. And, and one of the things that's always frustrated me about what the and maybe this is a phenomenon everywhere in the West, but it's I, I grew up and live in the United States of America. So I know this culture and we don't take religion very seriously here. Um, and Jesus of Nazareth is in in many ways presented at the as this person who he's very nonjudgmental. Right. You're good. Just the, he loves you just the way you are. And he does. But uh, it, it devolves into a, a sort of thing. Jesus is this guy who doesn't believe in anything. Um, he just wants you to be nice to one another, be polite, uh, take out your recycling. That's important. You got to care about Mother Earth. You know, we all know Jesus was a radical environmentalist. And Jesus sort of becomes this figure that you can do anything with. If you want to sell products, you can use him as a marketing tool. Or if you want to use him to promote your political agenda, you can do that too. The problem is, is that when you crack open the Bible and you read the Gospels, you are presented with a very different person. Jesus is a, far from being this person who doesn't believe in anything, this is a man who they were, they, they, they were going to nail him to two by fours. Okay, well, I mean, probably thicker pieces of wood than that, but you get my point. They were going to nail him and hang him out in the sun for nine hours to die of the slowest, most painful death you can imagine. And all he would have had to have done, he didn't even have to tell a lie. All he had to do was stop talking. Just just stop talking. Just shut up and they'll leave you alone. And he said, no, nope, I'll go to the cross. I'll go to the cross. If that's the price for telling the truth, I'll go to the cross. That's a very different person than this sort of person who doesn't believe in anything and doesn't care about anything. Um, I was reading something interesting, you know, and you were, were talking about Pope St. John Paul II. I did not know, and I learned this today, that uh, Pope uh, St. Paul VI, who is not typically a guy quoted by very many traditionalist Catholics, no. wrote a apostolic exhortation called Evangelii Nunciandi on the even on evangelization in the modern world. It's a great text and it's not very long. And you can read the whole thing, but I just wanted to read one little paragraph. Um, on paragraph 16, he states, it is certainly fit. He wrote this in 1975, by the way. It is certainly fitting to recall this fact at a moment like the present one when it happens that not without sorrow, we can hear people whom we wish to believe are well-intentioned, but who are certainly misguided in their attitude, continuously, continually claiming to love Christ, but without the church, to listen to Christ, but not to the church, to belong to Christ, but outside the church. The absurdity of this dichotomy is clearly evident in this phase of the gospel, in this phrase in the gospel. Anyone who rejects you rejects me. And how can one wish to love Christ without loving the church? If the finest witness to Christ is that of St. Paul, Christ loved the church and sacrificed himself for her. My idea behind our new logo is it's black and white, right? And the image, uh, we've, we've, we've done some entrusting of this little endeavor of ours to three main patronages. Of, of course, the first is our Blessed Lady, the Mother of God. 
um, we put all of our endeavors under her protection and under her loving mantle. Second, uh, to St. Paul himself, because St. Paul is the patron of Catholic media and, uh, uh, you know, definitely the man who you think of when you think of how to communicate and evangelize the gospel. And also, uh, for those of you who don't know this individual, you should definitely read up the servant of God, Father Emil Capuan, who uh, served in, cor- correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, Korea and Vietnam, correct? Or just Korea? No, it was uh, World War II and Korea. World War II and Korea, thank you. Yeah, he died, he died uh, in the Korean War. And Father Capuan is a man who, he was a, he was a, a military chaplain, and the, he, is re, he is renowned for his, his charity, his, his, he's on fire for Christ, uh, his love and zeal for souls in the midst of one of the, two of the most horrible wars in the history of humanity. Um, he, he's, he's not 2,000 years away like St. Paul is. I mean, this is a guy 50, 50 60 years ago, right? I mean, people, people are still alive today that know uh, Father Capon. And actually, a few years ago, uh, President Barack Obama awarded the Medal of Honor to Father Capon. And the guy that he saved, I believe his last name was Miller, was at the, the, uh, the presentation of the Medal of Honor. So there are still people within living memory yeah. of, this, of this great man. And so we, we, we also added him to our patronage because we, we felt like to be a trad man is to be a man of courage, not just a man who's on fire for Christ, but a man of great courage. It's going to take courage. Um, we are starting from scratch with this culture. We now live in a culture in 1975 when Pope Paul VI wrote this. It was still universally believed that telling the truth was better than telling a lie. We don't even live in that world anymore. <laughs> We're starting from scratch. And I'm not naive enough to believe that our podcast is going to save the Catholic Church. We're, a, we're, mem- we're members of the body. We're not the whole body, right? So it's not just trad men. It's Pints with Aquinas. It's uh, Reason and Theology. It's Trent Horn. And it's not just the guys doing the podcast. It's the, it's the people listening to the podcast. We're going to have a guest on this weekend. Uh, who is participating in the new evangelization by brewing beer. Now, you can think of that, well, what does one of those things have to do with another? You're going to have to utilize your talents, whatever they are, and and participate in this total reintroduction of Christ to the culture. Uh, and you know, would, what's, you, you know what's funny is to any, uh, any non-Catholic, particularly Protestant listeners, that's going to sound strange about, evangelizing uh, people with, you know, with beer and through brewing beer and whatnot, but it's not as crazy as you sound. I don't want to jump ahead, but it's, it's not as crazy as, as you would think it, it right. is. And, and, and that, and that, that brings up an excellent point that I wanted to bring up. This new evangelization does is not a bitter culture war. We're going to dig in and we're going to fight the culture war, the Catholic church. And you know what we're going to do about it. Darn it. We're going to have meetings and we're going to have podcasts and we're just going to, it doesn't have to be like that. This is, we're, this is a religion of joy. Okay. If you've ever met a holy person, uh, and I'm, I met a legitimate holy person. 
they all they're always smiling. It's very strange and it's a little off-putting at first. But um you know, why not two people sitting down and, and enjoying a beer and talking about the faith? That's that is part of the new evangelization. And I I, I designed the lo the new logo to illustrate a few things. Number one, uh, it's in black and white because I I I know that the Holy Father believes that the biggest thing the biggest problem in the world today is rigidity. Um, I fail to see how that's the case in a world in which we're literally not allowed to have categories. If the mere suggestion that men are different than women. It, there's there's there are legislation right now in Canada currently in the works that would make that a crime. So I fail to see how in a world in which you're simply not allowed to have categories that rigidity is the the, the biggest problem in the world. So well how does how does the saying go uh, uh what is it if you stand for everything or, or what is it you'll you stand for nothing. But you know there's a saying basically Oh, and we lost Jason again. Don't worry, folks. He will be back. He will be back. He's got spotty internet, uh, but we're going to get him back. Um, but yeah, if you if you if you stand for if you if you stand for nothing, then you'll fall for anything. I think was the the phrase he was going for. Um, and Saint Paul, you know, it, it was one of those saints. He paid. I got we got you back. I went ahead and kept talking without you. But the phrase you were thinking of, I think, was if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I looked it up as I was getting back on. If you stand for something or if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So right. um, there are battle lines to draw in this life and they're more frequent than people like to think. And you can be flexible about some things. I mean, obviously it, it doesn't have to be everything is my way or the highway. Right. Um, right. But uh, however, what you're going to find is this world is going to ask you for a pinch of salt that you're going to not be willing to give. And when that happens, we're going to have to invoke the courage of our Lord, who no one's, no one stood on his side at the moment of truth. Well, Our Lady and St. John were there. Um, but all of, his, all of his disciples left. Everybody had turned on him. I mean, you want to talk about being canceled. That was the ultimate cancel. And, you know... He said, if you want to follow me, take up your cross, that we're called to imitate that. Um, and so I, and I, I chose the phrase old school Catholicism for the new evangelization because I am sick and tired of the traditional Latin mass and people who attend the traditional Latin mass being portrayed as backwards, backward thinking, not part of the new evangelization, nonsense nonsense. If you go back and read Sacrosanctum Concilium, and not, don't pay attention to the individual recommendations about what they were suggesting, but read the, 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 the sense of the document. And what you will find is this is a document that says we need to get people excited about the liturgy by rediscovering old things. So, so this idea that, well, if it's not new, it ain't Vatican II. We need to stop letting them control the, the, the narrative about Vatican II. Stop using their language. Stop playing their games. Let's, let's, let's get in and dig in and, and you know, get real with it. Um, well, and I had asked you yesterday when we were talking, I, you know, uh, and I'll let you explain, explain it, but I had said, you know, 
I don't necessarily think of as as old school Catholicism, but you had mentioned you had done old school to contrast it with the new evangelization, a, a play on words. Sure. Uh, right. Do you, do you want to explain? Because you're the one that came up with this with this slogan. So, so you want to explain great, how you came up with old school? Well, there's this great saying, and, and I, you know, I don't know where it comes from. It's probably in the catechism. It's probably older than that. I don't know. But that when it talks about the church as being ever ancient, ever new, okay? We, we, we live in a 2,000-year-old institution. There aren't any other 2,000-year-old institutions. This is the only one, okay? So it's old. But that doesn't mean it's not relevant. And, and, and that doesn't mean that there's, that it's not, um, it, I don't want to say useful. I, I hate that word. But what you'll find is that if you want to keep the fire, you're going to have to dig in to the wisdom of those who came before us. The, the mentality of men, unfortunately, like Father James Martin, and his ill are the past has nothing to teach us. That's a bold statement when you're talking about 2000 years of martyrs, 2000 years of, of, of people who invented monasticism. We're talking about a church that invented the university. The university would not exist, but for the Catholic church, we're talking about a, a, a 2000 year old institution that invented the hospital. Okay. That, uh, the the Bible, right? The 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 book, the Bible, that exists because Jerome, Saint Jerome, compiled all the books. These are all individual books by themselves. That if you wanted a complete Bible, you had to, you know, compile a bunch of books, and then you didn't know if you had the right books or whatever. So, the idea that the that the Church of before 1962 just simply has nothing to do with the Church of the modern world is. Well, it stands in contrast to exactly what Pope St. Paul VI said in his letter. Well, if if you think about it, our society today does not respect its elders, at least like it used to, and it seems like it's only getting worse. Right. And, and, and if you extra, extrapolate that, we have this idea, and I say we as, as a society as a whole, that we are so much more enlightened and better than our ancestors that— like you said, we have nothing to learn from them. However, we are in grave error if we think that we are much better than our ancestors because we still have a fallen nature. We still have the same struggles they did, and they they did things that, that we can't do today. Half the people today don't even know how to butcher a cow or butcher a pig or grow a garden or, <laughs> yes, you know, tasks like that. So, um you know, if, if if the grocery stores ever shut down or whatever, we're going to be leaning on our ancestors pretty quick, right? We're going to be like, what were they doing? And if if you bring that over into the religious side, there's a lot we can learn from our ancestors. And, you know, I, I wanted to speak on this idea of the new evangelization and our goal with this podcast. You know, we I had mentioned we were looking out towards other people, but this is also an inward look, Right. Because I've mentioned on this podcast a few times that I've learned a lot more about my faith, more about Jesus Christ, about the Blessed Virgin Mary, whatever the subject that we're talking about. I have grown quite a bit. So the new evangelization, for anybody that's engaged in it, there is an external aspect to it, but it's also internal. Mm. Um, b b because, right, we're, we're all 
in in a constant state of learning, or we should be. We we're never gonna know it all, Indeed. and uh, and we should be open to learning and growing because unless we grow, it's gonna be harder for us to, um, you know, bring others others to the faith. I I look at it like this: there there are two <clears throat> possibilities. Either a, our ancestors were not as stupid as for some reason they're made to sound or B and check see if this possibility sounds like something that could be true humanity for 6,000 years or however long we've been having this civil, however long we've been doing civilization. Okay. Um, got every, they didn't know how to do anything until father James Martin came along. And finally now we can, we can, we're not going to have wars anymore. We're not going to have, you know, uh, there'll be no more hungry people. There'll be no more homeless people. I know this Jesus character said the homeless will always be with you, but did he even have a degree from the Gregorian? Ask yourself if this sounds like something that could be true, that you really are just smarter than 6,000 years of humanity that came before you. I mean, maybe, but probably not, right? Have a little humility and and... And, and think about the fact that just because you don't understand an institution might not mean it serves no purpose at all. Um, and going back and, to what, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I, I was just going to add, and you know, <clears throat> all these new tactics and new ideas about how to invigorate people to come to the church, to, to get people excited, to, to increase the numbers of Catholics, it's not doing so hot. So this is another opportunity to look back and say, what were our ancestors doing when they converted pagan Europe? What were they doing, you know, right? What were they doing wrong? What can we learn from them? And instead, we're saying they're all wrong. Let's look at uh, these new Enlightenment type ideas and and let's Just try keep oh, trying the same old things yeah, over and over again. We're going to keep doing the same thing regardless of how of how well we're doing. And it's really a sad state of affairs that, that people can be so hard headed, you know? And if, and if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, I could, I'd like to start a podcast about, about the Catholic church. I don't really know how to do it, man. Send me an email. I'll, I'll tell you how we got started and we didn't get started with a lot. And, but my point is, is that this is, we're not doing this to promote the podcast for its own ends. By promoting the podcast, our hope is that we promote Christ. It's all for the greater glory of God. Um, and so we, we really wanted to, to focus in and, and dial in on that. Um, well, and I wanted to add, I, I read this the other day from, um, well, I had it up and it just came out, but I, I read it from uh, uh, Pope St. John Paul II in his Redemptoris Missio, where he writes, faith is strengthened when it is given to others. Mm. And and I feel like these uh, these apostolates, you know, like like this one right here and others are really good ways to strengthen your own faith while while sharing, you know, while sharing it with others, of course. Um, but but I really enjoyed that faith is strengthened when it is given to others. And, you know, I, I, I where is where is the modernist podcast that has you know, hundreds and thousands of subscribers that's, that everybody's talking about that. I, listen, I'm sorry, but the, 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 the ideas they had in the seventies and eighties, there's only like six or seven people that believe in them anymore and that care about that. So 
which leads me to the other thing I wanted to discuss, which is um, as lay people, I don't think that we just have a vital role to play in this. Unfortunately, we're going to have to carry the ball. And the clergy, now I do think there's that, uh, I really do get the sense that the majority of priests get it and they know what time it is and they know what the, they know, they know, they know the inning, they know the score. The episcopacy? Uh, now, don't get me wrong. There's exceptions. And, 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 and those exceptions are soldiers of God. Okay? Those are, children of, those are children of God. But by and large, you can divide up the episcopacy into two camps. Those who don't care and those who actively work against us. That's just the way it's going to have to be, unfortunately. I don't... I mean, I said this on when we talked about the consecration... Um, to Our Lady, I don't really spend a lot of time talking about Pope Francis, and that's not because I don't pray for him or I don't. I, I still recognize he's the Pope, obviously. I just don't think he, for the most part, really cares about this that much. I could be wrong. I hope I am, but I don't get the sense that he's really into this new evangelization thing, other than to evangelize, you know, uh, green energy and and COVID vaccines, and. You know, whether you're, I, I, you know, whether you took the vaccine or whether you didn't, the vaccine is not going to save your soul. Uh, it's not a, a moral obligation. Yeah. Getting a hybrid car is not going to save your soul. I mean, take good care of the environment and take good care of, of God's creation that, that, that's given to us. Right. But the, it doesn't seem to they don't really want, seem to want to talk about anything else. And so. We're going to just have to wrap our heads around the fact that the laity for at least right now are going to have to carry the ball. And that, that, that's kind of tragic, but it seems to be the way it is. Um, and I don't have all the answers, right? I, I just, I just get the feeling like, I don't know why people listen to this podcast, but they seem to, and it seems to be growing. We've got some exciting guests coming on. Should we talk to them about the guests or should we wait on that? It's, it's no, no, let's, uh, I mean, I mean, this episode's uh, uh, basically about, um, like you have it titled here, the podcast gets a makeover. Yeah. Let's talk about, it. I mean, there might be some that haven't been confirmed yet that we, we might want to steer clear of, but yeah, okay. we can do the ones that have been confirmed. I would say. So, um, next this coming weekend, we're going to have the folks from Tridentine brewing. And the, these are all lay people. These are lay Excited people. Excited about it, yeah. Yeah, these are lay people who uh, decided. You know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not a, a podcaster. I'm not a musician. I'm not a graphic artist, or maybe I am. But you know what? I'm good at. I can brew beer. Can let's let's somehow incorporate this into the new evangelization and they're doing and it's that. really it's really smart how they've done it too right I because agree. because just from the labeling and and all that of the the beers and the names and all that it's it, you know it's it's a good it, they're doing a good job of of uh, plant little seeds in people's heads with either little phrases or little pictures from their uh from their label so i, I think it's actually a very genius idea what I they're agree. doing and then uh, the following weekend, we uh, Trent Horn uh, is coming on the podcast to talk with us about baptism. Now, I mean, I, I, and again, baptism is one of these things you go, well, I, I know all about baptism. Yeah. Eh, eh, you, you might <laughs> not know everything you think you know. Yeah. Um, again, we're starting from scratch, not just with the outside world, but with us too, right? Um, we've also... 
is AS confirmed? Can, can, can we say that? The, the... Yeah, so, so the lady sent the email proposing that date, and I replied that the date worked for us. I haven't heard anything back, so I don't know if that is. We'll that hold off on that. Confirmed. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pump okay. our brakes on that one because that's a yeah. big one. But um, I mean, but but yeah, she proposed or, or reached out to us about three different guests that the two should be confirmed. We're waiting on the other, but yeah, let's maybe pump yeah. the brakes on those. But those are going to be some exciting episodes as well. I mean, really, all of them are that, that, that we've got upcoming. I'm excited. And I know that lately it kind of feels like everything is against us. Every time you pull up the news, it's just more bad news. There's no good news that ever comes out. We never win anything. We just, it's like, it's like the modernists are the Harlem Globetrotters and we're the team that plays the Harlem Globetrotters. Like it's our job to just lose and look stupid while we're doing it so that they can win all the time. Um, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. We're, God is working. God is working. And you're a part of it. You're, you're not just a listener of the podcast. I like to think of our listeners and subscribers as part of what we're doing here. Um, and so that was sort of the, the impetus behind the revamping. Jason has put together what I think is a really slick looking website. And he can sit here and tell you, oh, anybody could have done it. I can tell you for sure I could not have done that. I suck at technology. In fact, I just got all I did was all I did was fill in the blanks. <laughs> yeah, well, that would have that would have frustrated me to no end. I just got my computer back today. They had to completely uninstall Windows and reinstall everything. Three hundred dollars later, what a mess! It's like every time I fix something, twelve things break in the process. Um, Satan does not want this podcast to come out. <laughs> um, oh, also. Um, the, the title of the show is Trad Men because we're both men. And when we named the podcast, we didn't think anybody else was going to uh, listen or have anything to do with it. But Yeah, we just we, we both attended the traditional Latin Mass. And by today's standards, we, we have a lot of traditional uh, ways of thinking, you know, just from religious to secular. So, yeah, we just, yeah, that works. <laughs> and um, uh, but but women are part of this, too. Right. And so we, we welcome women as listeners. I plan to have women as guests and uh, we're, we're interested. It, you know, it takes it takes both of us to build a civilization. It takes men and women to build a civilization. Um, if you need evidence of what a civilization looks like without one of us, you can look at Saudi Arabia. Now, that's not civilization as I would define that, quite frankly. Um, it takes both of us. And. I, I get the sense that there are a lot of women who feel just as out of place in this current civilization as the men do. And so if there are women guests we can have on who can speak to those women in a way that, that resonates with them, we're absolutely about that and for that, for sure. Um, Definitely. So uh, that's, that's basically it. I think you guys ought to get on uh, the website, pick up some merch, uh, all the proceeds from the merchandise go back into the podcast and to, you know, this, this equipment is really expensive. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we, Jason and I do this out of our home studios and, uh, but we're, we're not audio visual guys. We're learning as we go along. And if you're thinking to yourself, I don't have any talents to really contribute to this new evangelization effort. 
I will posit to you that God never created a soul that he did not endow with a gift. You just got to figure out what that gift is and then utilize it for the greater glory of God. I'm going back to John the Baptist, who started out with a very simple message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That message was not just for those people sitting on the banks of the Jordan in first century Palestine. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is an exciting time to live in. I can't even tell you. If you were to go into a Hasidic Jewish neighborhood, uh, like the one I, 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 well, I didn't live in it. I lived adjacent to it in Chicago, Devon Avenue, uh, and, and talk to a Hasidic Jew or an Orthodox Jew and ask them, what would be for you the, the most exciting time in history to live? Without a, without a blink, they would both tell you during the Messianic age. We, we want to live during the time of the Messiah. We live in the Messianic age. We're, you know, this is huge. It's not just, oh, well, it happened 2,000 years ago, and I guess he wants us all to be nice to each other, so whatever. No, it's bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that. Um, yeah, you, we're alive in the Messianic age, and we are adopted Israelites by, by virtue of, of Christ's Davidic kingship. We are adopted Israelites. Um, you know, the Catholic Church is the continuation of the Israelite religion. And it goes and it all focuses in on the mass, the, the central act of worship of the Catholic Church. Jason, you'll find this interesting. I, was, I watched a uh, YouTube video of an Orthodox rabbi who was talking about Shabbos, the Sabbath that, that, uh, that Jewish people celebrate every Friday. And he was saying, you know, a lot of Jews, they think they keep the Sabbath because they just take the day off of work or they, they don't do any work on, on Shabbos or whatever. And he was like, you're not keeping Shabbos unless you keep the meal. The meal is the central thing that happens at Shabbos. And you'll notice when Jews go to the, the Sabbath meal, they dress in their suits. It's not just dinner, okay? They dress in their suits. They wear, they, they wear their nice yarmulke. They have, they have special silverware that's set out for this, okay? So when we're at Mass, we are at the fulfillment of everything those poor souls are looking for that they don't know has happened yet. And we can't waste that. We've got to, we've got to cap. We got to, we've got to capitalize on that and, and, and win souls for Christ. Well, I, I did want to go back. And uh, when you were talking about different talents and, and whatnot, you know, some people may think they don't have a certain talent or they can't do this or they can't do that. Two things come to mind. One is that, you know, when you look back in, in the Old Testament, when the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt, God called Moses. Moses, mm. oh, I can't speak, I can't talk. If you trust in God, whether you think you have that talent, and even if you don't have that talent, if God wishes to use you and you, you give him your yes, he will use you and you will be successful. The other thing that came to mind was St. Paul, when he wrote, and that's what I was looking up here, when he wrote to the Corinthians in, in uh, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, you know, he, he starts out by talking about some people have a gift of prophecy, some people have a gift of knowledge, of speaking, you know, all these different gifts. But he goes back to, to say, <clears throat> 1 
For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of the body, whereas they are many, yet are one body, so also is Christ. For in one spirit were we all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, whether bond or free, and in one spirit we have all been made to drink. For the body is also not one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not the eye, I am not the body, it is therefore not of the body. If the whole body were the eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole... We're hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where would be the body? But now there were many members, indeed, yet one body. And it, you know, it kind of continues on uh, uh, w- with that same line of thinking. So, you know, everybody has a talent, whether, whether you want to believe it or not. Everybody has a place. You just have to find that place. And you know, you try one area. If you find out that's not it, move on to, to, to another area until you find what God is calling you to do. Absolutely. And that brings me to sort of the, 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 the last, my, my, my last portion. And Jace, if you have some other stuff you'd like to talk about, I'm, I'm, I think it'd be a good idea, but um, this isn't, if, if you have images in your head of a new evangelization in which uh, people are going to throw you a parade or make you time magazine man of the year. Um, I hate to tell you, but we're going to the cross. That's where we're, that's where we're headed. So when you look up at the, at, at the crucified Lord, we're headed there. This world is not going to be kind to you. They'll cancel you. If you're lucky, they'll cancel you. If you're unlucky, they might just burn your house down. They might just kill you. They might imprison you. Uh, but it is in the acceptance of that, that Christ is reigns victorious. And one of the things that I think we need is when you're persecuted for the faith, we need to kind of get off of this whole, how unfair that is. And you can't do that to me. Take it, take it, take it like a man. So when they, when they, when they cancel you, let it, let it, let it, let it roll off your back. Who cares? You don't think God's going to take care of you? And even if, and even if you end up paying the ultimate price, as two thousand years of Christians have done, the martyrs occupy the the biggest mansions in the kingdom of God. The martyrs are the lifeblood of the church, and we're called to be that. So. By and large, this society is not going to be kind to us, okay? I think we've just got to make our peace with that and accept it. Let me, I'm also going to burst your bubble and let you know that um, the hierarchy is compromised to a large degree. Not all of them. And in fact, I, I live here in the, in the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston, and our cardinal is, and he's a soldier of, he's a soldier of God. Cardinal DiNardo, yeah. He's a real one. He's a real one. There's a lot of them who are not. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to be uncharitable, but you already, you know who we're talking about. Okay. Um, and then there's, there's guys like the, the, the two bishops down in Mexico who were looking at jail time because they stood up for the church's stance on sexual morality. 
Those are those are some real soldiers of Christ, some stone cold soldiers in the episcopacy and in the College of Cardinals. But then again, they're few and far between. Make your peace with it, move on, and 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 keep praying for them. In fact, pray more for them than anybody else because um, we we know from from the mystics that our Lord deals the harshest on Judgment Day with priests and bishops who used their position to abuse, manipulate, fleece, and otherwise just lead people astray. Their souls are in very serious hazard. So keep praying. And we should want no one to go to hell. That's for sure. Well, I just, just the last thoughts that I really wanted to say is, you know, I was reading that part, um, that's, that's part of scripture from St. Paul. And I read the, as you were talking there, I just kind of glanced over and saw the, the last verse. And Paul talks about, let me show you a more excellent way, you know, because people, he would talk about you, you're zealous for all, for the better gifts, for these good gifts, but let me show you a more excellent way. And then it goes in to the chapter about love, first Corinthians 13. And it's just a reminder, no matter how talented or how gifted you are or anything like that, you know, Paul says you could do all these great things. You could, you know, perform all kinds of miracles and prophesy and do do great things. But if you do it without love, it's just it's just a noise. It doesn't mean anything. It's worthless if it doesn't have love. And in our society today, we seem to have lost uh, this concept of love of neighbor and and. You know, I don't know. I guess you can make the argument social media and stuff has has made it worse because people are behind the screen and things get pretty nasty. But things also get pretty nasty out face to face in the real world as well. Oh, yeah. So when we're taking on this new evangelization, let's hold in the forefront of our mind that we need to be doing everything we do, everything we say with love. And, uh, you know. We'll we'll be doing great things with love because love can win over many hard hearts. Oh, indeed. I mean, and 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 it's it's also bigger than the traditional Latin mass. I mean, the traditional Latin mass, in and of itself, just by itself, isn't going to solve the problem if we don't if we're not taking away from it what we're supposed to. If, if all it is is um, a, a beautiful ceremony, you know, we, we, we've missed it, man. Um, it's more and, than aesthetics, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Now, aesthetically, it is incredible. And it's, it's one of these things. When I, when I meet somebody for the first, this is their first traditional Latin mass, and they come in and they want to know where the missiles are, of course, I, I show them. But my advice is just put the missile down and just watch and listen. Just be in the moment. Just be present here, okay? And 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 just take a look at what's happening. I I'm actually I don't even use a missile at mass. And you know there, now there's some people who do. And and I'm like I said I'm not saying my way is the right way. It's just the way I do it. But um, I, I I always counsel new people who are new to it, man. Just just watch and listen. But if we're not taking if we're not taking away from that the grace that we are called to respond to we're missing the we're missing the boat and um so my my idea is that 
I, I thought that what the Catholic Church really needs more than anything is a holiness movement. Now, the Catholic Church is a holiness movement in and of itself, but I, I mean more like the way of the Franciscans. I mean, when you think about what the Franciscans did for the church, here was, um, uh, they weren't really monastics, okay? But they weren't really like, uh, they were mendicant friars, but not like the Dominicans, the Dominicans were very educated men. These were very, these were doctors of theology, Thomas Aquinas, okay? These were guys who, the Franciscans were people who evangelized to the world simply by their living of the theological virtues of poverty, chastity, and obedience. And they transformed the, the, the landscape, not just of the church, but the culture that they lived in. So, I, I was I was always feeling like the Latin mass movement, because of its attraction to the young people and people who've been away from the faith for a while or converts, could be that. And then I guess I come to find out that the official attitude of the Pope and, and the Congregation for Divine Worship is, um, if the Catholic Church is going to grow in this way that it always has grown in, well, it's just better if the church doesn't grow at all. And that let me know a few things. A, they're not on our team for the most part. And there's nothing I can do about that. If, if the last 50 years hasn't convinced them that they're chasing a paper tiger, um, I don't think anything will. I do think there's a lot of bishops who see what we see and know what we know. I think priests for the most part, like I said, I think they know the inning and they know the score. There's exceptions, obviously, but we're just going to have to make our peace with the fact that the, 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 those people who think Traditionis Custodis is the greatest thing in the world don't want the church to grow. They think that that's a bad thing. I really don't know what you say to somebody like that other than shake the dust from your feet and go and move on and well, I would, pray, and pray I would, for them. I would say to the to a lot of people you know that were behind the scenes and and uh, writing up uh, traditionalist custodians and whatnot may have felt that way. But there's also been a lot of people who, you know, just lay people who have been, mis you know, misinformed or ill-informed, however you want to phrase it, about it and, you know, want to see the Latin mass go away. But that's, but that's, I think that's lack of knowledge about, about the, the Latin mass and the people that attend. And hopefully again, going back to the new evangelization, hopefully we can win those, those folks to our, to our, those lay folks to our side, you know, sure. um, to show them that we're not really some schismatic, uh, horrible, hate filled people that, that are just in it for ourselves and for some, uh, nostalgia, you know, it's, it's more than that. And, and hopefully through, through this podcast as well, we can, we can express that to people and show them, you yeah, know, we should be what we see in the in the Latin Mass and in the community. Because community, in my experience, is fantastic. Do you have some of your bad apples? Yes, but you show me a group of people where there's not some bad apples, you 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 won't find it. But overall, the communities are very open, loving, and and care about each other. So. Um, I mean, yeah, that's so. been my experience, and that's that's why I was excited about the Latin Mass movement in that this this could be the next Franciscan move. This could be the next holiness movement that of of people. And yeah, maybe we don't always get it right, 
Maybe yeah. we don't always interpret the traditions of the church right. But whose fault is that? I mean, when you have a hierarchy that's been in the business of taking the patrimony of the church and flushing it down the memory hole for 50 years, whose fault is it that we don't get the traditions of the church exactly right all the time? Um, and I, like I said, I mean, there, there's part of the hierarchy, I think, that hates the traditional Latin mass because you like it and they don't like you. It's personal to them. I don't know how you really evangelize somebody with that much hate in your heart. You 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 pray to the Holy Ghost and let the and let the Holy Ghost work his magic. Well, or, the Holy Ghost does a conversion, right? And yeah, people anyway. I, magic is the wrong word. I apologize. Um, but you let the Holy Ghost do what he does, and they either respond to it or they don't. But ultimately, that's that's their soul. I mean, you we have we can't take away their freedom. God gave them freedom to either accept or reject him, and we can't take that away. But what we can do is. Um, I'm, I'm encouraged by the fact that of, I'm encouraged by the resistance to traditionis custodes and not just among the lay people. Uh, this has not been an incredibly popular thing amongst a lot of bishops and cardinals who may not be as vocal as the, you know, as lay people can be due to, uh, various circumstances. But I, I get the sense that by and large, um, there, there seems to be a ringing out of, okay, what is the point of this institution? If we're not here to convert souls, if we're not here to save souls, then it seems like the Catholic Church only exists to save the Catholic Church from the Catholic Church. Okay, so this is a pointless institution, and forget reforming it. We ought to just dismantle the whole thing and walk away from it entirely. I mean, what are we doing here? I get the sense that that has been the attitude in a lot of places and I'm, that makes me hopeful that we can still have this holiness movement but we gotta you know we've we've got to i i'd like to see a cease and desist of the you're not trad enough no you're not trad was, enough you're not a real trad yeah. you know <laughs> that kind of stuff yeah. does not it does not foster holiness you will find that it does not make you a happier person it does not make you a holier person and instead let's look at you know, the like I go to the FSSP parish. I don't look at the SSPX as enemies of the church because they're in a canonically irregular status. I look at them as people who basically, you know, they, they want the same things we want and they're in a little bit different of a state. And I, I, I think it can be, you know, uh, reconciled, right? Let's reach out to one another, man. Let's network. Let's salt. Let's understand that we're that those of us who are on the same team are on the same team, you know, and, and, and on the same, on the flip side, we also, uh, you know, some traditionalists, they look at, at our brothers and sisters that attend the new mass just with so much contempt and disdain right. because they go to the new mass and, and that, and you shouldn't do that. You know, I, I mean, um, they're still our brothers and sisters in the in the Catholic faith. They are Catholics, and you're not gonna you're gonna have a hard time convincing me otherwise. You know uh, that just because they attend the new mass, they're not real Catholics. You know, I've met some um, holy people, holy people, yeah. pious people. You've heard me talk about a couple here that means the world to me and my wife who attend attend the new mass, and they're some of the most faithful Catholics I, I've ever known. I can talk to you about the tradition of the church just just as well as any uh, Catholic that that attends the traditional mass. So we, we really need to stop these these divisions where they don't need to be. You know, I mean, uh, 
the New Testament is riddled with come together as one. Now, obviously, there are there are standards to that, but I think we make too many dividing lines where they don't need to be, you know, between SSPX, FSSP, the uh, Eastern the Church, Mass, the Western the Eastern Church. Church. You know, I mean, there, yeah. there's too many dividing lines that are unnecessary. Now, going back to what you said in the beginning, is there black and white and dividing lines? Absolutely. Am I saying that it doesn't matter where you attend or where you go to church that everybody's safe? No, I reject this idea of universalism. I sure. think it does matter how you worship, where you worship, who you're in communion with. But we're getting to a point where it's just you're 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 going beyond you can't Where be holier do, than the you know, church. That, that line is, yeah, and you can't be holier than the church. And uh, but anyway, let's and, and accept. Like the I said earlier, let, let's take Paul's example and, and approach all these topics, even in disagreement among brethren, with love. If the Catholic Church says that those Anglican use folks are in the church and that they're Catholic, then they're Catholic. We're in no position to decide, contrary to the church herself, who is in and who is out. We just don't have that capacity here. Yeah. Um, similarly, I'll give you an example. Uh, the charismatic movement is not something I really understand or personally agree with. I don't, I don't get it. It seems to me like, like Pentecostalism in, in some sort of a Catholic sense. Okay. But hopefully I have enough humility to understand that I don't understand everything about a, I don't really know much about it probably, right? I, I only know what I sense and what I sense isn't great, but there are enough Catholic voices that are that I trust, guys like Scott Hahn, who have said that the, that has a legitimate place in the church. The church herself says that those folks have a legitimate place in the church. That makes them brothers and sisters. And that means that um, we ought not to so division where it doesn't exist. Now, I don't think that the charismatic movement is going to be the holiness movement like the traditional Latin mass could be. I just don't, I, I could be wrong. Well, and if well, I am, I submit to the Holy ghost, but you know, that's well, just my and, thing. And, and the thing is with that, yeah, I, I have major qualms with the charismatic movement. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with it. And when I say major qualms, I'm talking about outside the church from the, from the, protestant side right? right you know i've always had issues with with the charismatic movement and and maybe some of that unfairly spills over into you know the charismatics that are catholic you know the catholic charismatics and maybe a lot of it has to do with like you mentioned i don't know enough about it maybe it's a good episode idea hey let's bring one on and learn more about who they actually are yeah. instead of instead of just lumping them in with the Protestant charismatics because there may be some major fundamental differences. I don't know. I went to a care. I mean, I went to a charismatic mass once to see what it was all about. And I was like, nah, I don't that I, <laughs> I can tell you for sure. It ain't for me. And I don't see if I were the Pope, I would be like, no, but then again, the Holy Ghost didn't make me the Pope. And there's probably a reason for that, okay? You should every Catholic in the world ought to get up every morning and thank God that I'm not the Pope because I would I would shipwreck the mystical body within like two well, days. You've already excommunicated me. 
your excommunication stands, sir. <laughs> Actually, no, you did such a good job. You did such a good job with the website and with uh, our integration and in social media that I have decided to lift your excommunication, and you are now once again in full communion with the Catholic well, Church. You get you can lift mine, but I ain't lifting yours. <laughs> oh man! So how about much, that hi- so much about, for the charity. Oh. I was about to say, how about that hypocrisy? Oh, you got to be charitable with everybody. But not with you. No, I'm not with not. you. Not with the not not with the Irish. You're never charitable with the Irish. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I I, I can see. I kind of redesigned the background of my home studio. I noticed I, that. I of course put my my Celtic football club uh, uh, flag up there um, uh, because I'm a Celtic supporter. Have been ever since I was a kid. And let's be honest if there are any rangers football club supporters that are subscribing to this channel they have lost their way they have they've <laughs> you're talking I about soccer right yeah soccer yeah and, okay, and of course so, over in the uk they call it football but yeah well everywhere else they do have you ever did you ever remember that movie the big green no the, it, it was a disney movie i believe the big green it ha- it actually had a uh, bug hall in it you remember he played Alfalfa and Lord of Rascals? And he's actually a Catholic convert with a pretty big uh, uh, following on, on like social media. And I believe his sound from, from way he sounds, he's a traditional Catholic. He kind of left, left Hollywood and all that and is living uh, a, a traditional Catholic lifestyle. Uh, so, he, I, think, I, I think even agrarian. But my point was – sorry, I got sidetracked with that. My point was I don't want to hear about football because, as I said in the big green – Soccer's for foreigners, and we're American. <laughs> but uh, well, but see, here's the deal. This club here uh, was is actually from Glasgow in Scotland, um, and that was founded by Irish immigrants uh, in the middle of the 19th century. They were actually founded by um, a Marist brother, Brother Walfred, who founded the club as a charity for uh, not just Catholic children, but but anybody really. Uh, it was called the Poor Children's Dinner Table. It was in 1888. He founded this this football club as a charity. Um, at the at about the same time, over on the now you should know something about the lowlands of Scotland. There was no place that the Protestant Reformation was more complete than in the lowlands of Scotland. Um, so the the Protestants in Glasgow are I mean they're not all like this, but there's a vehemently anti-Catholic uh, bias and anti-Irish bias and. They started a club called Rangers Football Club. The, uh, and to this day, uh, Gla- when Glasgow Celtic and Glasgow Rangers meet, it is one of the most contentious fixtures in the world. Uh, there have been brawls, fights. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's Crips and Bloods on a football pitch, basically. Okay, uh, I, I don't um, – now, growing up, we sang all the IRA songs and we sang all – you know, that, that was the – the, the culture that I grew up from, I, I have since eschewed those those songs as um, not in keeping with my commitments as a baptized Catholic um, for a lot of reasons, but but mostly because of the violence and, and the socialism of, of the Irish Republican Army and, and, and that movement. However, Celtic Football Club is like a symbol of the Irish Catholic diaspora everywhere in the world. Every every major city in the world has a Celtic supporters club. There are two here in Houston, um, where you know expats and 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 Irish diaspora people like myself will go and and cheer on the hoops and cheer on the boys. So um, 
yeah, it's, it's a big part of my life. And, uh, but anyway, I, like I said, I'm not worried about any Rangers supporters finding their way to this channel. I just don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Hopefully, and maybe they convert, and maybe they all become Celtic supporters. Who knows? But I doubt it. Yeah. I got We're nothing just, else, man. No, I was just uh, I was going to say the same thing. I was just going to say, in closing, if anybody wants to read more in detail about this new evangelization and what uh, Pope St. John Paul II was writing, they can always check out his encyclical uh, Redemptorius Missio, and yeah, and the and the 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 apostolic letter that I was reading from on Pope Paul the Sixth is called Evangelii Nunciandi. And maybe we can leave some links in the in yeah, the YouTube we can do that there, for sure. But... We'll, we'll leave some links in the in the description. Get get to the website, pick up some merch. We got some, we got a cool coffee mug. Uh, I don't, I don't, mine's on in route. It's not here yet, but it's got the Tradman logo, and on the other side it says Modernist Tears. <laughs> Mm, so delicious modernist tears mm. i like how you wrote in the description you said you can warm up how'd you say warm up uh it's, per, it's the perfect accessory for your piping my, hot cup of modernist tears modernist tears or coffee or coffee if that's what you're whatever into whatever. You but there's nothing as delicious as modernist tears mm. Mm. <laughs> so good uh jace thanks for thanks for coming on this evening man and i i look forward to where this is gonna go i i i really do feel like we're working in the vineyard of the lord here and whatever whatever it is we can do i hope to do and like i said if you're listening to this thinking that you'd like to start a catholic based podcast but don't know where to go send me an email man i'll share with you what i know i don't know much but i can share with you what i did and you know this and you're a part of it too and this we're all working at the same goal together and let's keep doing that i think and and you'll probably hear me talk about it more and more because it's something that i've been feeling called more and more to do the past several months but i but i'm going to talk a lot more about servant of god father emil capon um really push for prayers for him for his canonization you know his ultimate canonization as a catholic saint and uh I'm hoping we can possibly get Dr. Bilikowski back on the show Let's do to it. talk to talk about uh, uh, Servant of God, Father Emil Capon, because he is also a big supporter, you know, of of pushing for his canonization, and he's a military professor, so they kind of both fall within his wheelhouse. So I think that would be an excellent episode Indeed. if we can get him to come on next week. Very, can, very, very I think, good. I say, guest let's to do it. To. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've reached out. He, he sounds interested. I just got to line up a date. So hopefully That's we right. can get it, everything squared away. He'll, he'll do as he's told. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. That's all I got for tonight. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll check back in with you guys uh, this weekend. We're going to have the folks from Trident Team Brewing. But until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And remember what, my, what I always say. Life is hard, but it's harder when you don't pray the rosary. God bless oh, everybody. Yeah. God bless everyone. <laughs>